Appreciate you fellas as always. There they go. My guys, Chaos Theory, Double R, uh, Rodney Rodriguez, and of course, the man with the plan, Wags. That's right. Make sure you check out the Wagner Wire every weekend because I need fantasy advice. So the best person to go to is my man, Wags. So make sure you continue to follow him. As they said, I am your boy, Hardball Harge. Welcome to another edition of Hanging with Harge. Mike Harge representing the 254 and the 512. As always, I appreciate y'all tuning in. Make sure you like, follow, subscribe, hit the like button, tell a friend, tell five friends, and tell five more friends to make sure that they follow us at TS Unfiltered on Twitter and, of course, at Texas Sports Unfiltered on Instagram. Make sure you hit us up on the code of text line 512-222-9322. Hey, we got a lot of action to get into. Obviously, we're going to talk Major League, the World Series. Uh, The Texas Rangers win game three, three to one. Uh, Game four tonight, 7-0-3, first pitch. Mad Max started the game and and ended up doing well until he got hurt. Corey Seager stays hot. And, of course, the Rangers win game three. I'll get into that. We got NBA action. We had Texas basketball last night. Texas basketball played last night against St. Edwards. They defeated St. Edwards 84 to 63. And for those that don't know, Coach Terry, Rodney Terry, was a uh, big-time player at St. Edwards. So I thought it was pretty cool that he would have the St. Edwards team get an opportunity to play right here against the University of Texas. I'll get into that information. We had Monday Night Football. We got trade deadlines. We have so much and of course dallas cowboys dallas cowboys what what are you going to do at the trade deadline i don't think they'll ever ever do anything (laughs) that's pretty funny what up cb what up ike what up jt what up ruse goofy growing my man appreciate y'all tuning in and yes you are about to get a sermon from pastor hodge my boy tyrone used to always call me reverend goldwall because he always talked about my head looking like a preacher head so i don't know what that means but I'll rock with it. Uh, special shout out to the Marshmallow uh, Game champions, Cami and Nicole. Nicole and Cami, great job. Congratulations to the Marshmallow Game champions. I got that text earlier today. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this Texas Rangers and Arizona Diamondback game last night. As we talk, talked about yesterday, this is a huge, huge matchup with uh, – a lot of implications, the percentages and everything else that goes into winning game three. But the Texas Rangers and the Diamondbacks had a great game yesterday. World Series uh, matchup three to one in game three. Um, Mad Max started for Texas, looked good for the time that he was out there. He ended up he ended up leaving the game after three innings due to back spasms. He was also hit on the elbow earlier in the game on a comebacker. But he said neither one had anything to do with what was happening with his back. Uh, The best thing about it, John Gray, who was coming back off of injury as well. John Gray was expected to make a start in the series. We still don't know what might happen with that. But with him coming in and going three innings of one-hit baseball with three Ks, he did that on 30 pitches. 25 of them were strikes, by the way. So that was really, really cool right there. Appreciate it. Um, But I also wanted to talk about this. Now we'll see what's going to happen. The other guys pitched well, and LeClerc continued to close the door 
uh, when called upon. He had two Ks in the ninth inning. Corey Seager continues to knock the piss out of the baseball. I've been really impressed with him. And y'all already know how I feel about Corey Seager and what he brings to the team every single day. And he continues to make things happen. Um, I wanted to bring this up, too, because the depth is what has been very important for the Texas Rangers. And that's a lot of times that we didn't even realize that that was going to happen. But when you get an opportunity to pay attention and go back, I told you guys when I went to spring training that I thought this was going to be a team that was going to be exciting. This was going to be a team that we would be talking about the entire year. So I've been impressed with the way that they've gone about their their business the entire year. But most importantly, they are getting to the point now that I thought they would be at the end. Now, let's think about this at the beginning of the season. What up, Sal? What up, uh, Sean, Nicole? What up, everybody? Um, when Texas reported the spring training, Chris Young was asked about the starting rotation. And when we were initially there, this is what we were thinking about. We were looking at Jacob deGrom as number one, Nathan Ubaldi as number two, John Gray as number three, Andrew Heaney, the lefty who's going tonight for the Rangers, he was going to be one of the starters. Martin Perez was, a, um, was an all-star the year before. Dane Dunning has been very integral. He was the best pitcher on the Rangers staff this year. Stayed healthy, pitched a lot. But here's two names that I thought was going to be a major part of what was going on. Jake Odorizzi, Odorizzi, remember that? Remember when they went and got him? That was a name and a blast from the past that we didn't even get a chance to talk about because he ended up getting hurt. So he was going to be a part of that. And then you look at Cole Reagan's who I saw in AAA, and you thought you were going to end up seeing Cody Bradford, who now is up in the big leagues, but he was in AAA. You go out and you make that trade for Matt Scherzer and Jordan Montgomery to be a major part of what you have going on. So for, for the Texas Rangers to go out and deal with all those injuries, those names that I told you about, Jacob DeGrom, out for the year. Um, uh, Jake Odorizzi, out for the year. Nathan Uvalde missed time this year. And now we are at this point in the season going for a title. And through all the, the, the year for them to continue to battle to get to this point and now seeing the depth that they have in that bullpen, it's been really refreshing to watch. Um, think about this too, because for those that have been paying attention and listen to me talk about the Texas Rangers all season, you know that the team had blown 33 save opportunities. They had blown 33 leads and only as a team had 30 saves this year. So what we're seeing with LeClerc at this time has been utterly amazing. And then you think about what you saw yesterday with John Gray being able to go out there and pitch the way that he pitched. That is very, very impressive when you think about it, to watch the Texas Rangers and to be in this, this moment. What up, Joe? So you just sit there and you start thinking about this Texas Ranger team and what had happened 
and you sit and you think about Corey Seager Homer to be part of that three-run inning, three-run third inning with a two-run jack. Marcus Simeon ended up getting a hip. And now you look at Corey Seager. And I've been telling you this entire time. He is going to be, I, I think he should be voted MVP of the American League because of what he was able to do this year. And he played a premium position, shortstop position. Then you add in to what he's been able to do throughout his career in the postseason. And you start thinking about this. He has 18 playoff home runs. He tied Carlos Correa for the second most by a shortstop in postseason history. And the only person that he's behind is Derek Jeter because Derek Jeter had 20 home runs. And this is unbelievable, too, because if you think about Seager, he has five World Series homers, and they are more than any other, two more than any other shortstop in the World Series. Corey Seager is the man, folks. And you're witnessing a guy that is very, very professional. He makes the play. And think about the defensive plays that they made last night. As well, him at shortstop and Josh Young, the young rookie over at third base, they're making unbelievable plays. The the double play in the first inning by Josh Young could have broken out a bigger uh, uh, deal for the Arizona Diamondbacks. They could have got put in the position to win early in that game because the team that wins, uh, that scores first, normally wins the game. And so for the Rangers to go into that third inning, get up first, and continue to win on the road. Uh, By the way, that is their ninth road win, uh, and it's set the record for the most wins in a single postseason, road wins. They were tied at eight with the Nationals, who only had one road loss, and then the Yankees had zero in 1996. The Rangers are the 13th team to play at least nine road games in one single postseason. For them to be able to, to bang the baseball the way that they did, that's impressive to me. And they still haven't lost on the road. So Rangers fans, be excited because you know that your team plays well on the road. They play well at home, but they really play well on the road because they've been on the road the entire time. That's very impressive when you think about it. Now, the biggest question heading into tonight's game, will Adolis Garcia play? Will he be able to play? He left the game early due to a, either a back or an oblique injury, and he's been swinging a hot bat. And in, in the postseason, regular season, he too was an all-star. But they're also going to miss his dazzling play in right field. Uh, he made a hell of a throw cutting down Christian Walker, who ran through the stop sign, by the way, uh, with a 94-mile-an-hour uh, laser from right field. And he was hosed, and I was a little mad at Jonah Hyam because he kind of half-assed the tag, and he didn't really get into the tag that I needed him to. So that was one of those deals where you're like, come on, Jonah. Got to cut them guys off, man. Got to make things happen. So I'm excited about the game. I'm excited to see that the Texas Rangers won that. I said they're going to win in six, but they may end up sweeping on the road because that's what they do. They play so well on the road. Uh I want to make sure that we give a shout out to Coda. I mean, Coda, our Coda text line, 512-222-9328. But I want to make sure that we shout out Covert BK. That's right. Wiki, Wiki. Ricky Williams will be in town this weekend, Friday. He will be at Covert BK signing autographs, having lunch, meeting people, uh, 
it's a big weekend for Ricky because there's a lot that is going to be – they're recognizing him for his Heisman Trophy winning season. They're going to have him on the uh, display this weekend at the University of Texas. So this is a big weekend. But you need to go out to Cobra BK, not only to see Ricky Williams, but you need to take out check out their new state-of-the-art dealership that carries seven brands out there. They got Buick, GMC, Cadillac, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. In addition to those brands, if you want a Ford, you can drive out to Hutto, to Covert Hutto out there. Or if you're looking for a Ford or a Lincoln, you can just stay in Austin. As the saying goes, no one beats a Covert deal, not now, not ever. And why would they? They can't match anything that they do, especially when you think about this. Covert BK's services all makes and models. They've got 86 service bays. So therefore, you can come in this week, this Friday, hang out with Ricky, get your car serviced, and by the time you're done hanging out with Ricky, boom, your car is ready to go, and you can enjoy that time. Go to covertbcave.com for the latest specials and inventory, and or you can just stop by, like I said, this weekend and hang out with Ricky. And talk to my friends, Marcus Washington Sr. and Marcus Washington Jr., and of course, Ira Clark, former Texas basketball player who now works out there at Covert BK. No one beats a Covert deal, not now, not ever. And yesterday was a very special day in, in sports. It was the only day in 2023 that you can have all major sports playing right here in, the, uh, in, the, in America. You had the NBA, you had NFL, you have NHL, and you had MLB. And if you didn't get a chance to check it all out, that's because you hadn't got a chance to talk to my man at Audiovisual Consultations. That's right. Give my man Tom McKay a call at 512-255-8678 or go online to abconsultations.com. You can head up, you can set up your dream uh, setting where you have your TV, you can have your sound system, you can have anything that you want audiovisual style and have Tom McKay come out there and do it. Don't go to the big box stores because Tom and his crew We'll get everything set up for you. Good thing we had our set up professionally because the other day, my son, DJ, ran into the TV that was on the wall. You talk about somebody that saw his life flash before his eyes? That was DJ. But you know why it didn't fall off the wall? Because we had it professionally done. I didn't do it. Tom and his crew came out and got it all set up for us. Go 512-255-8678 or go to avconsultations.com. I wanted to talk a little bit about Sark and his presser yesterday and and what we learned about this football team. This is going to be a big week. Big noon kickoff will be here. Joel Klatt and Gus Johnson will be on the call this weekend against K-State, number 25 ranked K-State. I told you at the beginning of the year, this was the game that I had circled uh, just because Chris Kleiman is one of the best coaches that no one talks about. And if you hadn't been paying attention, he does a damn good job of, of, of getting his teams. He's a champion. He's got championship pedigree. He did a great job when he was at um, North Dakota, North Dakota State. They're a championship team. They continue to do that. And he's, he makes me nervous because of the way that he goes about his business. But let me just tell you this. This Texas football team and their way that they play defense – in the run game, not in the passing game. We got to come up with a different scheme in this passing game. Because when you think of this team, 
and how they get at it. Their wide receivers at K-State aren't aren't better than uh, some of the wide receiving group that we saw this past week. I mean, this past season. They're not as good, but they got a good quarterback, good two good mobile quarterbacks. And Sark will talk about that here in just a minute. But this is a team that you got to be on your P's and Q's when you're playing against them. They're not going to hurt themselves. They're going to be a, a, obviously a well-coached team. Uh, former Texas Longhorn Van Malone is on that coaching staff, the defensive coordinator. He knows this Texas program just as good as anybody, but he understands what this is all about when you're playing a game of this magnitude. We got a five-way tie in the Big 12. Who would have thought that? The story coming into the year was Oklahoma and Texas. And now you're sitting here, you got all these teams that are vying to get into the championship game. It's, it's unbelievable when you look at the standings and you see these teams and you're like, wow, I didn't realize that all these teams were, were playing this well. You got Oklahoma, Texas, Oklahoma State, K-State, 4-1. Iowa State is even 4-1. So you sit there and you're looking at this game. And this weekend, you got Bedlam. You got Oklahoma and Oklahoma State battling it out. So that'll knock one of them off of there. And then you got K-State in Texas. That'll knock one of them out of there. So you got to position yourself to be in the right spot at the right time. So Sark was asked about his thoughts on the weekend, what he thought about the game, and where he is right now. And uh, as far as Kansas State goes, uh, obviously this is a really hot team right now. Uh, they've been playing as good as anybody in the country uh, in all all three phases for the last two to three weeks. Uh, I think it's I think it's really important that we focus on us and what we need to do. Um, that, that the details and the level of physicality in which we play the game are at the forefront of what we do. Um, I do believe our best football is still ahead of us, and that part is exciting to me. Um, and we're going to need to play complimentary football Saturday against a very good, well-coached football team in Kansas State. So it's an exciting weekend. Um, obviously, we've got you know the big new kickoff here with Fox. Um, you know they're coming to do their show. I think it's a great opportunity for our students, for our fans, uh, to really show up here at DKR and have an impact on the ball game. Um, we've all we've all got work to do. Uh, I think everybody, myself included, could have been better last week, and, and we all need to perform better this Saturday at 11 a.m. And I love that. I love the fact that he takes ownership in that. He said we all have to do better, and that's including him, the play caller. And the question was asked yesterday about how he decides on when should I go on fourth down, when should I not go on fourth down. And I really enjoyed this answer. Because to me, I've been saying this the entire time. I know a lot of people love analytics, and I'm not mad at you for loving them. I'm not glad that you love them. There's just different things that you have to see. And I've said that before, just like in baseball. There's analytics to pulling guys out of a game when you, you, you're watching the game and you see the guy dominating, but the book says take him out because he doesn't want to face those guys three times in a row. Because the analytics say, well, the dude is throwing a no-no in these situations. So the analytics tell you to take him out while he's throwing a no-no because my gut tells me he has this team on, on, under control. So for me, 
when you're watching this and you're saying, should I take them out? Should I not? Bruh, go with your gut. So Sark was asked about what makes you decide what the book says. Do you go for it on fourth down? And I really love my man's answer. Um, it's more gut. You know, we have analytics. Um, I always find out kind of what the analytics says. But at the end of the day, I go with um, – what I think is in the best interest of our team at that moment. You know, I, I jokingly say people have told me about the book and I said, yeah, we, we have a book too. But last time I checked president Hartzell and CDC didn't hire the book. They hired Steve Sarkeesian to be the head coach. So I, I kind of trust my gut on a lot of that stuff. Yeah. As you should, as you should. And I appreciate that coach. I appreciate you going back to what you feel, but I also say, Hey man, put some points up on that board. As a starting quarterback, anytime we get a drive and we're in a position to get some points, it may not be the, the ones that you want because we all want you to get six to seven points. We get that. But sometimes you need to nickel and dime them because those things add up. You know, I always used to laugh when people was like, man, I don't want that penny. I don't want that penny. Oh, you can put that in there. No, man, them pennies add up. My grandparents used to roll them coins up in that little brown. The penny was the brown one. You put it in there, count it up. It all added up. And then she would give it, my grandmother would give it to us. And be like, here, baby, here's $2. Back then it went a long way. But I'll take it. So give me those points. And when you can get those, put some points on the board, especially against a team like this. A team like K-State. If you're in a position to get points, get the points. Because get them early. Because that changes the dynamics of the game as the game goes on. So make sure you get that money out there. Uh, Sark was talk, asked about the game plan for Malik and how he decides what's going on. Is the game plan going to expand a little bit? I didn't think they held too much back. I think some of the play calls were on point. It's just the execution part of it. And that goes back to what Sark says. We all have to get better every week and continue to get better. But here's what he talks about when he was talking about the game plan for Malik. Naturally, as you get into game plan for the next opponent, you're like, okay, this looked like he was really comfortable with this stuff. This, These things over here maybe not quite as comfortable, but I've seen him do it before in practice. And these things over here, uh, maybe we're just not there yet, and that's okay too, right? And so we have plenty of offense to uh, to, to play good football with. But to your point, I, I do think there's finding his rhythm is is really important, um, and trying to do the things that that he's you know comfortable with, but more so comfortable with that he does well. Um, I love to throw deep out routes, but I'm not very good at it, right? So naturally, I didn't want those called when I played. I wish I could have, um, but with Malik. You know, there, he's got all the arm talent in the world, all right? There's a comfort level of the progressions and different things that we do uh, that, that hopefully, we're, like I said, we're putting him in position to have a great deal of success. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And Tanisha said the same. I need him to check his gut when it comes to goal line plays on fourth down. That's right. Sometimes you got to take them points, dog. Take them points. I'm looking for those. Um. So, yeah, you sit here and you look at what he was talking about with Malik and how things are going to play out. I think Malik is going to be just fine. You know, one of the things we didn't get a chance to talk about yesterday with Malik was the fact on how he bounced back.
from those turnovers and what he ended up doing during that time, the efficiency in which he played that a lot of people wouldn't have given him credit for because they just were really wanting to harp on what they saw with the interceptions. But when you sit and you look at what his numbers were at that time, it has been really, really good. So after throwing his first interception, Malik finished the game 13 of 18. That was 72% for 136 yards and two touchdowns. You know, we talked about what we saw with Quinn when he had that adversity against Oklahoma and what he was able to create after that. Well, that's what we saw with Malik. Now, this week, I believe Malik's going to be better. He's going to understand those situations where he doesn't throw the football into a a bad area. But he's also going to know how to manipulate a defense even more so. Uh, He's going to understand the the gaps and the areas of space in which he can throw the ball. Uh, I wondered this week if he's going to be able to pull the ball on some of those RPO reads where he can pull the ball and, and get some yardage. I don't think Sark really wants anybody to get hit anymore. I do believe that. But I'm also understanding that, hey, there's some things that you left on the field that when you go back and watch the film, you're going to see some people that are open that you felt like you should go to another place. I love the fact that he had better touch on the football. Everything wasn't uh, 100-mile-an-hour fastball, John Elway-esque, Randall Cunningham-esque, where you just rear back and let it fly because that could have been part of it. But I also believe that with the reps that he's gotten this week, he's going to be in a better place. Um, One of the things that Texas uh, needs to figure out is the two-quarterback system that K-State has been playing with. The two quarterbacks are uh, Will Howard, who Will spilled the pill. Howard played well. The other quarterback, Thompson, is active, to say the least. Dude moves around. He moves very well in the pocket. They designed some run plays for him. And they did that the same thing for um, Will spilled the pill, too. He's a talented dude. But Sark has to figure out, what are you going to do? And I got some answers for you. You know, th- their scheme really doesn't change, you know, and, and they're both really good players. Obviously, Howard has a ton of experience. Um, he played against us, shoot, three years ago here mm-hmm. and started against us. Um, the, the young kid is is new to it, but in the end, they're still running their same stuff, a little bit different style. Howard definitely has the long speed. We saw that. The, the freshman, he is really quick and, and dynamic with the ball in his hand. So you kind of get a lot of the same plays and the passing concepts and things, And um, but they do roll them. And then what they kind of it feels like they're doing is who's the hot hand. And when a guy starts getting hot, that's who they that's who they kind of roll with. And obviously last week it was pretty much exclusively Howard. That doesn't mean that this game's going to go the exact same way. I think they get a feel for how the game is going. Yeah. They do get a feel for it, but here's here's some of the numbers. Last game against uh, U of H, Texas's previous opponent, um, K State played played U of H, and then Will Howard went 15 of 17 for 164 yards and two uh, touchdown passes. He ran for 24 yards. Avery Johnson, 
<laughs> How funny is that? Avery Johnson, uh, Avery Johnson, the quarterback, the freshman, was five of six, 46 yards and a touchdown. And he had uh, four rushes, but it was negative five. So I didn't, they didn't really draw that up. But Will Howard completed 88% of his passes versus Houston, which was the third highest mark in K-State history with a minimum of 15 passes. So the guy is talented, talented quarterback. He makes plays, he can run, and he's going to be mobile in the pocket. So Texas will have their work cut out for them. But Sark was also asked, what did he see from the K-State defense and what they do well? Because you do have a young quarterback. Know that um, Chris Kleiman is a defensive-minded coach. He will have a game plan. And I know that Sark has done well against Chris Kleiman. But as I told y'all before, doesn't mean one thing to another. So there's going to be some things that will be changing, that will be adjusted, and we will see exactly how that plays out. And speaking of Sark, and I'll give you his game plan on what they do well, but I do want to bring this up about my man Sark because we were giving him crap about his, his stats, uh, what his win-loss record, uh, what was going on with him when he first got here. The records were pretty much even the entire time. But check this out. Over his last 17 games, and I got this from Horn Sports, so shout out to the, those guys over there. He's 13-4, and 10-3 and three in conference play. He's 5-1 and one on the road. His team has averaged 34 points per game. The defense has only given up 18.9 points per game, and he has 10 wins by 10 or more points. So we need to start putting some uh, – uh, Respect on my man's name, for sure. But speaking of that K-State defense and what Van Malone is going to be doing, um, it should be noted that this K-State defense is getting better in each game. They continue to get better, and that is why I think it's important for Sark to really understand what to expect. We put up big numbers on the ground, no doubt about it. But they are definitely – to the team that you're going to end up looking at and trying to figure out how do you attack this team with Malik Murphy? Uh, you know, I think they, they play well together. Um, I think they play as a team. Um, I think they've got a good scheme. They're very aggressive. They, they, you know, it's hard to stay on double teams. They get you off of double teams at the line of scrimmage. The linebackers are downhill players. They're good tacklers, good tacklers in the secondary. Um, and then they force third longs. And when, when you're majority of your third downs are third and nine plus, uh, then they're able to, to play coverage and rush the passer and get off the field. So um, I, I think it's really critical uh, in this game that uh, you know, we, we've got to win on first down. Um, but but we got to get back to playing our brand of football, and that's a physical brand of football uh, and being detail-oriented and execute. Yeah, definitely have to be detail-oriented. And you definitely have to execute. I think that's where Texas this week is a, a very intense week for Sark. This is a huge opportunity for this football team. The nation will be watching. And for Texas to continue to be in the race, because the, the rankings come out tonight, um, the initial ranking means nothing. I think uh, after this weekend, we'll know a little bit more about a lot of teams in the Big 12 and across the nation. So there is a lot of games that will decide who will 
be leaning in what direction. And I can't wait to see exactly where this team ends up. But I want to tell you about the great folks at Great Blue Heron Furniture. It's a custom leather furniture company that was started in 1991. Their main focus is on heavy leathers, hides, and fabrics ranging from the traditional Western to the modern uh, farmhouses. And when I tell you this stuff is beautiful, you have to definitely see it for yourself. It is the highest quality furniture that you will ever find. And you cannot and you will not see a more stylish, more comfortable, and more well-built furniture anywhere else out there. There's a link in the video description below to tell you to take you straight to our Texas Sports Unfiltered collection. And if you use the promo code HOOKEM, you'll get 15% off of your next purchase. If you're looking for furniture that looks amazing and built to last for decades, look no further than Great Blue Heron Furniture. You can click the link below and get more information or give them a call at 866-247-9688. Now, as I told you guys before, I was going to have a special guest today, and we're going to get a chance to talk a little bit about that Texas State Bobcats. And what better person to bring on to talk about these Texas State Bobcats than the voice of the Texas State Bobcats, my man, Brent Freeman. Brent, what's up, buddy? What's going on, Mike? How are you? I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for taking time today. I know that you've been busy. You got a presser with GJ Kenny and, and getting yourself prepared for this weekend's matchup. But I wanted to ask you right off the jump, how in the hell has it been watching this football team and the excitement that you're bringing in every single week? It's been a welcome change, you know, I can tell you that. Uh, the past, there's no secret, you know, the past, you know, almost decade now has been tough. Um, this team hasn't had a winning season since 2014. Um, haven't been bowl eligible since then either. And, you know, uh, I don't think they've won more than four games, you know, since 2014 and memory serves. So already sitting on five right now. Um, you know, next win will, will make them bowl eligible. Uh, you couldn't have asked for a better way to start the year than, than winning at Baylor handily. You know, the home opener, they put up 77. Um, they, they came back from 17 down in the second half to beat Nevada, down 11 in the fourth to beat ULM, put up 50 in the conference opener against Southern Miss. So, I mean, like every week it's been something new, you know, some, something, some other narrative you can add to the, to the story of this year's team. Yeah, this past week was tough losing, you know, to Troy, who's, you know, uh, a proven championship caliber team in the Sun Belt. Uh, but there's still a lot ahead of this Bobcat team starting this week against Georgia Southern. Yeah, and you're yeah. talking about coming, going up against Georgia, Georgia Southern, and this mm -hmm. is this is one of the most beautiful parts about it. You said it; they're one win again uh, away from being bowl eligible. What yeah. would a bowl berth do for this program and what it's been through, as you talked about, over a decade of struggles? It'd be massive. You know, I I remember in 2014 when the program won seven games; they went seven and five, and they didn't get a bowl invite. You know, back then, there weren't as many bowls. Um, the Sun Belt only had, a, I think, three or four bowl tie-ins, you know, uh, and so they got left out. And I felt like the ramifications of that, you know, had, had been felt for a long time, you know. Um, not being able to kind of build off of something so monumental like that um, really hurt the program and maybe set it back a little bit. Um, you know, and, and this, this fan base has been, you know, itching to, to go to a bowl, you know, to go see this team play in the postseason. 
Uh, I feel like no matter where they would play, potentially if they go to a bowl, the fans are going to show up, you know, and and uh, and, and go watch this program, you know, you know, playing a game like that. So um, I think it would, you know, um, certainly uh, galvanize the, the the fan base even more so than what we've already seen this season. Uh, I think it would, you know, um, it would it would it would set a level of expectations too, Mike. You know, for some programs, making a bowl is like the bare minimum. You know, there's a there's a to do list for every team, and you know, I'm sure winning conference, you know, finish top 25 in the country, you know, make the college football playoff or all the top of the, their list. You know, where bowl is kind of like it's it's expected. Right. Um, not that this program is necessarily going to be trying to get in the college football playoff until it expands, of course, you know, to, to an 18 field. But, you know, um, they want they, they want it to be where getting to a bowl is expected. But you have to do that first. Um, and so doing that this year would, would go a long way towards making that happen. We're talking to the voice of the Texas State Bobcats, my man, Brent Freeman. You can hear him on all the calls on ESPN+. Plus. He does baseball. He does basketball. He does a little bit of everything. He's a jack of all trades. And uh, I appreciate him taking the time today. Well, you talked about it. You know, the change that happened, the energy in the stadium is totally different than what mm-hmm. you've been used to. G.J. Kenny talking about we're going to take Texas back and trying to keep everything in-house, I mean, in-state. What has he been like for you guys, uh, not only just to work with, but the energy around the the football team this year? Yeah, it's been great. You know, there's just a very infectious energy, you know, about him and the guys, you know, that he's surrounded himself with, with his coaching staff and with the players he's recruited in here. The whole Take Back Texas thing, what's funny is that that started out as a kind of a recruiting rallying cry. You see these hashtags, right, where yep. – uh, schools will work in the number, you know, of like 23 or 24, depending on the recruiting year, into some kind of, you know, motto kind of thing. And for, for Texas State, it was take back Texas as a way to kind of, you know, um, uh, send out the message that they want to like really hit the Lone Star State hard in terms of recruits. And then it just really kind of took off to the point where like it was just so catchy that it turned into, merchandise and hats and shirts and stuff like that. And now it's kind of become more than recruiting. It's, it's about, you know, just uh, you know, staking Texas State's place in the state. There's so many great college football programs here in the state. You know, obviously the University of Texas and Texas A&M and, you know, Tech and Baylor and Houston and SMU. And, and you know, you go down to the, I say down, you, you, you know, you come from the Power Five level to the group of five and UTSA and Rice and, you know, Texas State – the brand of its football program uh, really hadn't stood out, you know, in all the, amongst all those teams that just kind of referenced there. And it was time for them to kind of take their name back a little bit, right. you know, and, and uh, I think this year they've really done that. They, they've, they've caught the attention, not only of, of people around the state, but the nation too. You know, you got you know, Scott Van Pelt talking about them. Um, uh, Reese Davis voted for them, you know, in the top 25 after the win against Baylor kind of thing. So, um, you know, but you, you were kind of asking about, you know, what's it like to be around T.J. Kenny, and you know, he, he's a young coach. He's very relatable to his players. Um, he loves talking ball, by the way, I can tell you that, you know, kind of thing. He's just, he's just you know, got a good, fun energy about him. He's the type of guy that, you, you know, you would want to play for, you want to be around, you know, and that goes a long way towards succeeding in this line. Yeah. I saw that you guys are doing a lot of uh, expansion. You're trying mm-hmm. to expand the brand, obviously, but most importantly, the new amenities that are being done around the stadium. 
Um, I hadn't had a chance to come down this year, but my uncle, who former quarterback at the at Texas State, y'all wore the Southwest Texas uniforms mm. this past weekend, eat them up cats. Uh, what has that been like for you as well, being a part of watching the growth in Slam Marcus? Yeah, Slam Marcus and Marvelous and whatever you want to call it, right? <laughs> it's a um it's a great college town. I mean, I'm just gonna say that, you know, first and foremost, um, you have a student body of about 40,000, right? So it is a large university. Only Texas and AM uh have large enrollments in the state. Um uh, you know, there's there's a proximity certainly to Austin and San Antonio, but the city yep. itself, you know, San Marcos is very much a, a college town vibe, you know, a, a downtown area, local restaurants, local bars, you know, shopping in the outlets, you know, uh, a, a bunch of, you know, there's the river, obviously, of course, and a lot of great things to do. Um, and then, you know, you, you think about the game environment it's, itself, you know, so certainly winning at Baylor uh, helped things a little bit, generating yep. excitement. You know, so they play their home opener the third week of the season. So there's already some built-in excitement for the fans. You know, like, hey, this team might be pretty good. Let's go check them out kind of thing. And, you know, they they draw uh, 24,000 plus, I think, you know, for the opener against Jackson State. And then those fans are treated to 77-point night. Right. So like, oh, my gosh, this is so fun to watch, you know, kind of thing where <laughs> – you know, offense the years prior have been so hard to come by, you know, and uh, you know, you hear the the phrase chick love chicks love the long ball in you know baseball. Well, you know, football fans love the touchdown. It I mean it goes without <laughs> saying. And so people want to see points, you know, and the, and the team showed they can do that. So they're they're coming back, you know, and then they see a, a comeback win against Nevada. And then they see the team win the conference opener scoring 50. And so they, so every time they come back home, the fans just want, want to see more and more. Yeah, and yeah. the way that, that athletics has marketed the team, they've really taken advantage of it too, you know, in doing special things like, you know, like a blackout, which they did a couple of home games ago. Everybody, you know, loves the SWT stuff. I mean, like there's probably a bigger demand for that merchandise than there is for anything else, you know, and uh, what a appropriate game, appropriate game to, to put on display homecoming where, some of these former student athletes played in Southwest Texas Bobcats right. kind of thing. And so, um, you know, just kind of seeing all that, you know, just it does, does my heart a lot of good to see everybody so engaged with that. And you mentioned amenities. So they're, they're they are uh, uh, making changes to the South End Zone Complex, yep. which, are, which have been long overdue. I mean, that South End Zone Complex has looked the same the last 20 years. Um, and so they're doing, you know, a, a lot of renovations to it. And, and you know this, Mike. College football is an arms race um, where, I mean, you know, uh, all these locker rooms and team headquarters, you know, are all state of the arts and it's something you bring recruits in and you want to catch their attention. That's, that's what wins over recruits, you know, yep. right. Um, and so, uh, you know, seeing them putting in the, the money and resources to make that happen just tells you that this is just the beginning of, of just how far this program can go. Yeah, I'm excited for you guys that, you know, I've been following it obviously pretty close. When Spav was there, my uncle was there, my my, mm-hmm. my buddy Vicente Reed who played there. Um, I've, I've been engaged with San Marcos in, in Southwest Texas and Texas State the entire time. So for mm-hmm. me, it's been really refreshing to watch uh, the growth happen there. You bring it in all those transfers. I think it was the second most to Colorado mm-hmm. and making it and making it work. Uh, before I let you go, what is the quarterback position? Obviously, you know 
that that's the most important part on the football field. If you don't have yeah. a good quarterback, things get kind of rough. But yeah, T.J. Finley's been doing a great job. Malik Hornsby done a great mm-hmm. job as well. How is G.J. making that work with that group? You know, well, one, uh, uh, G.J. relates to them really well because he himself was a um, you know college quarterback. I said not just college. He, he spent some time in the NFL as well with the Eagles, yep. time in the Canadian Football League. Uh, he's a Texas high school quarterback, too, played at Gilmer. Um, uh, under, ironically enough, Jeff Trailer, who's, you know, the, the head coach at UTSA. Yep. And um, so, and GJ is only 37 years old, I think. And so his playing days weren't all that long ago. So he still very much relates, you know, to, to quarterbacks and to the position. Um, I think his coordinator has done an unbelievable job as well. Mac Leftwich was his coordinator at Incarnate Word. The two worked together, you know, and generated the top scoring offense in the country. You know, last year scoring more than 50 points a game. Um, and uh, so, they, so they needed somebody, I say somebody, you know, multiple guys who could potentially run the type of offense they wanted to run, you know, and they needed somebody um, that, you know, could uh, uh, get the ball out quickly, good arm strength, you know, being, being able to read defenses, being able to operate in an up-tempo offense, having some dual threat abilities about them. You know, that's why they bring in, you know, Malik Hornsby, who's an incredible athlete, transferred from Arkansas. And you bring in Finley, who's 6'7", 255. I mean, he's a defensive end. He's a defensive end with, with a quarterback's arm, you know. And um, they've both done a tremendous job. You know, certainly it's been more Finley than Hornsby, although Hornsby will get, you know, some packages in there so they can get him on the field. But uh, Finley's done an unbelievable job. The biggest thing for him moving forward is just protecting the football a little bit better. You know, that's what kind of hurt them uh, in the game against Troy this past week. But, you uh, you know, you, you play a little bit cleaner football, and this team can, you know, they can really contend in the Sun Belt with guys like that. Yeah, I'm excited. And you got, like mm-hmm. I said, this weekend is a huge, huge weekend, strictly because of the fact that you get an opportunity to possibly clinch a mm-hmm. uh, berth in a bowl game, which I know that's on the lowest end of the pecking order. But you mm-hmm. got to get there first before that pecking order can start to change a little bit. Yeah, it's funny you bring you from Mike. I'm sorry, I know you're about to wrap things up, but I want to add one more thing. It's funny you say that because every time we talk to the team about like what would making a bowl game mean to you, what does that what does that six win mean? And they've already kind of taken on the, uh, the 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 you know the adage of it would be great, but we have bigger goals in mind. You know, we want to contend for the yep. Sun Belt Conference Championship this year. So don't get me wrong, they'll be excited, the fans will be excited. But it's just the beginning. Yeah, and I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be following closely. Make sure you check my man Brant Freeman out on every call that has anything to do with Texas State Athletics. I appreciate you, brother. Thanks, thanks, Mike. Always always a pleasure. Always good. There he is, Brant Freeman. He is the voice of the Texas State Bobcats. Make sure y'all check them out because the Bobcats are doing some amazing things. And I'm really excited for them, for real, because – I've been been rocking with them for a while. I've been around them, their program for a while. As I said, my uncle was a quarterback there. Uh, a bunch of my best friends went to school there. So I've always been engaged with the uh, Bobcats and what they're able to do over there. So I'm, I'm pulling for those guys, and I'm pulling hard for those guys as well. I want to bring up some more stuff about the uh, Texas Longhorns. And I don't want to do too much because they – they got a big test for themselves this week. 
But I do want to talk about my friends over at Four Roofs. That's right. Go to Four Roofs, the number four roofs, for all your roofing needs. Whether it's residential or commercial, all you got to do is give Four Roofs an opportunity to help you out. The weather has been kind of crazy. Rain has been all over the place. It's getting cold now. You probably don't even know that you have a hole in your roof. So let them guys come out and check you out. It's a locally owned company that understands the needs of this area. They've got over 15 years of experience, affordable pricing, and a quick response time. They are thorough and very trustworthy. I've used them for my home. My neighbors have asked about them. They've been using them too, and I don't think you will be disappointed. I promise you that. They make sure that they have a project manager on every job site, making sure everything goes smooth. So what are you waiting for? Reach out today and give them a call at 512-520-5884. That's 512-520-5884, or go to the number 4roofstx.com. Make sure you get that checked out for sure. Um I want to talk a little bit about this Texas football team and what the expectations are. And this Texas team has an opportunity to still have their goals in front of them. I know that they have this loss. And as I told you in the last segment, before we talked to Brent Freeman, we talked about there's five teams in the big 12 that are four and one as they're going to cross each other out. Texas will play K state. Both teams are four and one. Oklahoma will play Oklahoma State. Both teams are 4-1. And the team that is just sitting there chilling in the cut is Iowa State. You remember at the beginning of the year when Dan Campbell lost his mind and was about to go crazy on a fan that told him that he was terrible and he got upset. Well, now they're sitting there at 4-1 in the conference and just chilling and nobody's talking about Iowa State. Iowa State, who was dealing with the scandals of um, of uh, betting, quarterback out there betting, and now this is where we are. They are sitting at four and one. So it has been a a a, a league that everybody didn't know was going to be at this. This wasn't the level. Texas and Oklahoma fans were just thinking about themselves as they were making their move to the SEC. It was all believed that Texas and Oklahoma were going to be playing for the Big 12 championship. Well, the rest of the league and Mike Gundy and his crew is saying, not so fast, my friends. I expected K-State to be one of those teams, though, because that's who they are. That's how they operate. But we'll break down even more tomorrow and the rest of the week because there's a lot to get into when you start thinking about this game and what can Texas do to maintain that stronghold and what does a loss mean for this Texas football team? Now, I'm not speaking that into existence. Don't get it twisted. I want them to win. and I, I have them playing for the Big 12 championship. But as I said before, this was the one game that made me nervous for sure. The other game was the Alabama game. Those were the only two games that I was really worried about on this schedule. Now, losing to Oklahoma kind of, you know, put a wrench in things. Your errors, room for error, is kind of changed. But now you sit and you look at this team and you're like, okay, what do we got next? What's next on this thing? How do we get this to work? 
So we'll see. I wanted to talk a little bit before we got out of here about the Dallas Cowboys and what has been going on with them. And you start thinking about what Dallas was able to do. And now we're, we're turning our attention to the uh, big matchup with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. This is the matchup we've been waiting for. Everybody's trying to give out. I'll give out my power rankings tomorrow as well. Text I mean, Dallas has moved up in my power rankings strictly because of the fact that they continue to play well and people are, are not giving the same respect to Dak Prescott as they did when they were talking bad about him and how he's not a leader. I told you, I'm not going to go over the top and defend Dak. You're going to have your thoughts about him as well. And some of you will, will try to find a way to sugarcoat it and say that he didn't do this or he didn't do that or he can't win this. He's playing the game that's in front of him, and he won. And he had a perfect quarterback rating for balls past the first down marker. Perfect. So put some respect on him. He played a very clean game. I gave you the numbers yesterday on how he's performed in these situations. He went 25 of 31. That's six incompletions. 304 yards passing. Four touchdowns. Yes, he had a pick on a tip, tipped ball. But all he does is lead his team to victory. As I told you, they're a three-point dog going up against the, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. But the Dallas Cowboys in the last game played well in all three phases. Think about it. Special teams. You get a blocked field goal. I mean, a blocked punt for safety. And you get some big plays in the punt return game with Kevontae Turpin. John Fossil did his job in getting the team prepared. And let's not forget about my man, Brett Arbor, I mean, Brandon Aubrey, who now has the tied the NFL record for the most consecutive field goals to start a career. He has 18 straight games or 18 straight field goals that he has made. And they're not just little chip shots. They're from deep. They're from up close. They're from mid-range. He's continued to do well. The defense turned Matthew Stafford over and confused him from time to time. Deron Bland had a pick six. That makes three for the year. The NFL record is four. We've only played half the we, – we, we ain't even played half the games yet. So when you look at what the Cowboys were able to do in this week, in this part of the season, and what they were able to do heading into this Philadelphia game, which is going to be a bloodbath. It's a 325 game. You know it's going to be rowdy. You know it's going to be rough. And everybody is still believing in the Eagles. They still don't believe in the Cowboys. They're going to make excuses to why the Cowboys won the game. As usual, talking heads, put some respect on the Cowboys for last weekend. Now we'll see where they are heading into this week's game. I want to tell you about my friends over at Pest Wranglers. PestWranglers.com is where you need to go for all of your pest control needs. Pest Wranglers is a locally owned small family business that was been around since 2006. That's right. And it's basic principles of great customer service leads to happy customers. The company was started by the owner, 
who was tired of working for companies that didn't know how to treat their employees or their customers the right way. And you know, if I'm working with them, it's the place to be. Pest Wrangler services most of the Central Texas area. And if you're needing help with your mosquitoes, termites, rodent control, or you need an inspection done for your house or your commercial business, make sure you give Pest Wranglers a call at 512-670-7808. That's 512-670-7808. Or go to the website at Pest wranglers.com. They won't make you sign a contract because they believe if you're happy, you ain't going nowhere. If you don't believe me, check out their five-star ratings on Google, Yelp, Angie's List, and all other referral sites. That's pestwranglers.com for all your pest control needs. I want to thank y'all for tuning in again with me. Today is the NFL trade deadline day. So all the deadline, all the trades will be done that are going to be done will be done today by four o'clock Eastern time. That's three o'clock Central time, I believe. Um, but in the NBA, there was a trade. It's not even part of the trade deadline. But James Harden talked his way out of Philly and reunited for the third time with Russell Westbrook in L.A. That's right. He's going to the Clippers. P.J. Tucker is going with them. The Sixers will be requiring, uh, acquiring Marcus Morris, one of the one of them gangsters, the Morris brothers, Nick Batum, Robert Covington, K.J. Martin, and multiple draft picks for Harden, Tucker, and uh, Philip Pedrusova, something like that. The Clippers are sending the second, uh, uh, the Sixers in a 2028 unprotected first-round pick, two second-round picks, and a pick swap. The Clippers are routing the 76ers in additional. They're also taking another pick for them, and they've got the waving veteran Danny Green. I didn't even know Danny Green was still playing in the NBA. That's how crazy that is. That's ridiculous. On tomorrow's show, I'm going to talk a little bit about what I saw from the Texans this past week, uh, what we saw with Bryce Young and how he turned the corner. I know Texan fans Still love what they did, but they didn't want to lose to no doggone Bryce Young. And then, of course, Kirk Cousins tore his Achilles. Uh, what's next for the Philadelphia, I mean, for the Philly, for Minnesota Vikings? Are they going to go out and get somebody? There's some guys that are out there, or are they just saying, we're going to go with our backup because we're going to try to get one of these quarterbacks in the draft for next year? It'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. But one thing I want y'all to remember, happy Halloween. Happy birthday to my boy, Kenny Sims, the big OG. Today is his birthday. Number one overall draft pick in 1982 draft. Big bro, today is his birthday. And don't believe everything you see, because even salt looks like sugar. Peace. Coming up next, it's the Midday, award-winning show. The Midday with Trey and BK. What up, BK? Happy Halloween, Arch. Happy Halloween. I see you're dressed up, so I decided... People call me, said that I look like a pastor. Yeah, that yeah. feels anti-Semitic, bro. What's going on? Hey, man. Well, it's either I'm a pastor or I'm a pallbearer. So which one <laughs> <way> do you want? <laughs> uh, I know you've done some pallbearing in your time. I have done some pallbearing. I've been some bouncers. I've done a little bit mm. of everything. I like my, that. My daughter saw me dress up this morning. She said I look like the popo. So it's like, okay, whatever it takes, baby. Whatever All it takes. place today. Kenny Sims yeah. was born on Halloween. Yep, that's why he's tricking and treating every chance he gets, my brother. 
Man, still the uh, the biggest hands that I think I've ever shaked in my life. Yeah, they 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 like he always he told this one girl a long time ago. She's like, oh my god, you have huge hands. And he said, well, if I had your hands, I'd be in the circus. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it wouldn't have fit. I wasn't sure where, where I was that going. Was going. With that. <laughs> yeah, I'd be nervous. There. I saw your face, brother. I saw your face. Can he fit in one of these? Show, my friend. Can he fit in one of these gloves? No. 